You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet one or more dollar on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now by heading to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and checking out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable and located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And for those in non-betting states, DraftKings is home to daily fantasy sports with weekly cash prizes and numerous ways to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 68. Andy here. I'm without my co-host James for the evening, but that's okay. We can reconvene for our next episode, and there's plenty to talk about. Goaltenders around the league are getting locked up. Defensemen are getting overpaid left and right. We still haven't touched on all the players the Rangers drafted at the NHL draft a couple of weeks ago, just with how wild this offseason has been just around the league and even for the Rangers in terms of some of the changes they've made. So yeah, like I said, plenty to talk about and why waste any more time? Let's just get right into it. We'll start off with the most recent news. The New York Rangers have re-signed goaltender Igor Shesterkin to a four-year $566,666,666.66 contract. Uh, I assume that weird number with a bunch of six on it is just some cheekiness on the behalf of Igor and his agent. I guess there might be some significance there. Not really quite sure. But yeah, the Rangers have Igor locked up for another four years at a pretty good number. Although 
depending on who you ask in Rangers fandom and on social media, a lot of people are not happy with the lack of term on this deal. They're wondering, they, they, they almost said, well, why didn't you just give him more money but to lock him up longer term so he could overperform because that's how confident they are in Igor. And you can clearly tell the Rangers are confident in Igor. But this is strikes me as one of those deals where both the team wanted to keep the cap number down with uh, for the next couple of seasons, especially they're looking to make big changes. There are more players are going to have to get paid. And also, yeah, the, the cap is, even though it might increase incrementally, it won't have anywhere near the same growth, overall cap growth that we would have seen if there wasn't the p- a pandemic going on and they didn't lose better parts of the last two seasons uh, to said pandemic. So, yeah, I think obviously the team wants some flexibility to be able to fit other players under the cap for the next few seasons. Uh, Igor will be happy to be up for another contract before he turns 30. He can definitely cash in on a second, also probably equally large, if not larger contract, potentially. Uh, Yeah, so... And obviously, I understand, yes, it would have been nice to lock him up at a higher number, but for longer, to give the Rangers some more runway. But at the same time, you see it around the league as kind of a, a trend where players understand with the cap being what it is, they would almost rather really make sure, you know, they can't control what it is right now and the, the realities for teams. But if they bet on themselves, they can, yeah, he can <laughs> just bet on himself perform for the next four seasons and then get paid to a, like I said, a, a yet another lucrative contract. So, yeah, and I mean, listen, it does give Rangers flexibility for the next couple of seasons because it is clear that uh, Chris Drury is going for it, whether that was mandated by ownership or just the feeling in the generally in the front office, they're going for it. And they clearly want, I think they do see a window with Panarin, Zabanajad, Truba, Kreider, but then also a transitional window after that, and they might make some changes. Maybe it like it would hurt to lose Igor. Obviously, you don't want right now. You can't imagine it, but goaltenders are also weird, and a lot of them just having Lundqvist for so long perform at a top such a high level like he did for so long. I think kind of you forget that goaltending is kind of risky. I don't know if that's the right word, but there seems to be a lot of variance, and who knows when players will just all of a sudden their game will fall off, or they can get injured, or they can it can be up and down. And consistency is definitely hard for a goaltender to come by. So although it might be unfortunate they couldn't lock Igor up a little bit longer, it does give them flexibility, which I, they clearly are valuing. Uh, they were willing to walk away from whatever Buchnevich would ask for in arbitration because they have some sort of idea behind closed doors about how the puzzle pieces fit and who, how much salary they will need to retain to pay Adam Fox and Zabanajad and Kako. Well, I guess if they choose to retain Zabanajad, it's a whole another podcast slash discussion issue. But yeah, the young guys, eventually Kako will need a contract. Eventually, eventually Lafreniere will need a contract. They bridge Teetle, so if he performs, he'll need a contract. So, yeah, I think they need all the flexibility they can get, and obviously they they paid a premium on some of their bottom six players, uh, like Barkley Goudreau. So, yeah, it's a lot of money 
tied up in other things. So they were able to keep that number low and Igor got what he wanted that he can, he'll take a team friendly number, but he's only, it's not going to, you know, it's going to walk him right till he's 29. And that way he can still sign another contract before he's 30, because once after 30, their teams are reticent to give you money, especially a team like the Rangers. So um, I think all parties involved were happy. And again, I understand why fans are upset, but yeah, it's listen. It a lot of the times, the reaction from just fans in general seems to be that it's a one-sided affair, and that if it's not favorable, it's oh, it's because the team messed up or didn't make the player sweat enough or didn't put the, the screws to the agent. I don't know, but yeah, sometimes it takes two to tango, and that is what it is. Uh, it's a little too early still for me to tell if what Drury's strong points are as a GM. Um, I am starting to get the sense that maybe contract negotiation might not be it. Uh, although, yeah, the Heedle bridge wasn't too bad. Although, But like I said, he didn't have the numbers on his side. The Lindgren con- contract was good, but he did overpay for some other people. And maybe there wasn't as much term as people would like here, but he got the flexibility he needed. So uh, it definitely seems like he... Chris Drury's strongest suit might be the fact that he has a, a vision or a grand design in his head and he's going to execute and get it there. But like I said, it's still too early to see. So all these Drury keeps tossing up L takes on social media and on Twitter and message boards and all this, uh, you know, it, he's going to ruin this team. Uh, yeah, I think it's premature to say that right but again you're entitled everyone's entitled to their opinions i guess but also from fans of other teams i keep seeing comments like that's a lot of money to commit to someone who has really only played the equivalent of just under two seasons of nhl hockey but i think it's easy to see based on the resume the dominance in the khl the dominance when he went to the ahl and just how he's acquitted himself in albeit a limited sample size in the NHL, that, yeah, Shesterkin's a real deal, and he's worth betting on. But again, you know, uh, fans of other teams don't watch as much Rangers hockey as Rangers fans do, so obviously, and yes, I, I say that's with the caveat that teams always feel this about their player or fans of a team about their guys, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you don't understand, we watch him all the time, and you don't, so you don't see how great this player is. But I think you can easily say that Igor is a at least a top 15 goaltender in this league, and I think he, I think he's a lot closer to top five. But again, it, we'll see if he finally becomes the benefit of more structure and a better one-year-older, one-year-wiser defensive core and just good, better coaching. Uh, the Rangers definitely made strides in that area last season, but again, it still wasn't enough too many giving up too many late goals and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, I mean, hope, like I said, hopefully he doesn't have to face the work types, kinds of workloads that Hank did and still excel that just every day that goes on, man, you just, you find a new way to appreciate what Lundqvist did for uh, so many years. But yeah, happy for Igor. Happy he's still on the team. Um, and, yeah, he's got at least initially a four-year window right now. So let's hopefully the Rangers can get some work done with him while he's locked up. Lost in some of the fanfare about uh, some of the wild things we've already seen in this offseason for just around the league and also for the Rangers with kind of trying to redesign their team to make the postseason. 
Uh, the draft was a couple of weeks ago, and the Rangers made their selections and have expanded their prospect pool, and I'm sure are hoping to have found some diamonds in the rough with some of these players. So yeah, let's let's take let's dive into that. So with their selection at 16th overall, which would technically be 15th because we remember the Arizona Coyotes' original first-round pick was void. Uh, if it seems strange that the Detroit Red Wings all of a sudden leapfrogged the Rangers and selected Sebastian Cosa, the goaltender, uh, I think you can make a pretty smart bet that that's who the Rangers were originally going to take at that spot. Uh, but like I said, Detroit leapfrogs the Rangers, jumps up, uh, selects Cosa, takes a goaltender. So, yeah, clearly the Rangers are already thinking about Igor's heir apparent. Uh, he is 25 years old. Um, and they end up selecting Brennan Othman instead, a winger from the Flint Firebirds in the OHL. Uh, he has also split some time last season with EHC Ulton in the Swiss League, which I believe is a level or even potentially even two uh, under the National League in Switzerland, which is their premier league. Obviously, with the OHL being shut down last season due to the pandemic, it was important for him to go get some playing time uh, before returning to play for Team Canada at the U18s, where he was very, very good. But up until this moment in time, uh, Othman's kind of his... uh, his deal has been that he, up well, before entering the OHL, he played for the Don Mills Flyers with Shane Wright, who is uh, projected to go first overall in this up this year's upcoming draft. So, and I, I already know that uh, Rangers fans are probably panicking because they're getting uh, Ryan Gropp flashbacks from you know his time riding shotgun in uh, Seattle with Matt Barzell. But uh, no, listen, Othman is a he kind of plays a power winger style even though he's lanky but he's got some height to him his skating is still kind of work in progress it's pretty raw but at the same time he yeah he he seems he's pretty from my viewings he's defensively responsible um he is not afraid doesn't shy away from hard work he gets in in the action gets in gets himself in the mix he's got an excellent release and an excellent shot i actually think it's in my opinion, it is NHL ready, and it does have uh, an NHL release. But again, that's just my opinion, so take it for what it's worth. But uh, when I watch him, I really get a vibe similar to. It almost kind of reminds me of watching Alex Tuck when he was with the USNTDP, and even his freshman year at uh, BC. Yeah, same. You have physically raw, but also clearly lanky with room for growth excellent shots good hands uh but also willing to engage and try to commit themselves defensively and i'm not saying othman will become as good as alex tuck but i also see a lot of similarities and i do think that othman's games might even be a little bit more further ahead than what alex tucks was but again he's just i don't think he'll have the the exact size that tuck always had over him i think uh Othman is a few inches shorter, probably won't be as big and raw-boned as Alex Tuck was, but at the same time, the shots there, the kind of power forward style is there, uh, the deceptively good hands are there, and just the direct. there's a directness to their game and a shoot-first mentality that really helps them. And 
like I said, at the U18s, uh, I thought Othman was really good, and he clearly has made strides in, which pun intended, I guess, his skating has always kind of been a bit, depending on who you ask, it's either, you know, it's good, it has potential, or else it's a mess, and I don't think it's a mess. He clearly early, you know, from some of my limited viewings, uh, from some of the film I watched pre-draft, and even at times with uh, watching Flint two seasons ago, yeah, he was clearly someone who is a little raw in his skating, but it looks like he's work. I, I actually know for a fact he's working with the, the Powerage Pro people that McDavid works with in the offseason. He's clearly gotten a skating coach because his stride looks a little bit better. His recoverability on his strides looks better. Um, yeah, he's not running on the ice as much, and he's all, he always had good separation, and he could get himself going, so that was always a good sign that if he, he could at least make it, and now if he fixes his stride, uh, I don't think any speed will be an issue for him. I think it can actually help turn into a strength if he keeps working on it, but I don't think he's ever going to have crazy escapability in the corners or anything, but I think, again, he's going to make his money as probably a middle to bottom six power winger that goes north-south and tries to make beelines for the net and can still shoot when set up off one-timers or even with a you know deadly release off the wing just going down the ice uh and yeah he will be willing to go to the areas he has to 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 be effective and you know has a little bit of a snarl to his game but not you know nothing crazy especially as much as been blown up with the rangers uh edict seeming to seemingly they're seeming edict to get tougher this offseason. So, but yeah, uh, pretty good pickup for the Rangers there. Not exactly a reach. I was a little upset they didn't take a center there like a Chaz Lucius or a Fedor Svechkov, two players who I thought would actually fit, eventually fit the Rangers like a glove. But again, I, I think it's important to, to note that projectability is difficult and that's why you pay your scouts a lot. And Sometimes a player that seemingly has it all as like a Fedor Fedor Svechkov, who um, I was very high on at the same time, I could see uh, maybe a little bit more of a project player like Othman become almost like an Alex Tuck or an Alex Tuck light. Whereas you might kind of be seeing what you're getting eventually that Svechkov could become a very good defensive player, but that ultimately leads to being Vladislav Nemestikov. And uh, yeah, I mean, that could be a little bit of an underwhelming pick at 16 so you know but again it's about projectability and you pay your scouts and the rangers think he can be a player chris jury and his team think they've identified a player who will fit into their eventual lineup and what they want and they want to be harder to get to play against and players that can just know their role and even if they're not point producers you know uh primo point producers in the nhl one day or top six producer they can still produce in a bottom role a bottom six role with a little bit more of a direct uh, object in mind. You know what I mean? Heavy four check playing responsibly defensively, chipping in, and yeah, but hell, you can put him on the power play and he scores with that release and everyone's happy. The Rangers didn't pick again until the first pick of the third round where they picked uh, Jaden Grube, center and captain for the Red Deer Rebels in the Western Hockey League. Uh, and Listen, this kid is a heart and soul type of player. Rangers fans should be familiar with that in that he 
might be a long shot to make the NHL. Or actually, I shouldn't say long shot. He he his uh, season was cut short by uh, I believe it was an Achilles injury. It was either Achilles or he hurt some m- muscle in his leg, tore a ligament or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's just. He's just a player that gives his team what they need on the ice, much like a Ryan Callahan. Uh, you know, he can be gritty, but that's not really the hallmark of his game. He's not like an overtly physical, gritty player. He's just smart, and he sticks up for his teammates when he has to, and he gets in the mix when he has to, and he ties up the sticks in front of the net when he has to, and he trails guys in transition when he has to. And, you know, again, I don't think he has any standout offensive or defensive skills, but he's just someone who finds ways to put himself in the areas of the game that he has to to help his team win. And I just think a lot of scouts, I know, not personally, but I'm saying a lot of of anecdotes from scouts seem to rave about that, his hockey sense that allows him to do these things and just innately know I have to be involved here and he doesn't really get a credit for a lot of these things but he's just one of those players that he plays on your bottom six but eventually he could become your captain like I said he could become a Ryan Callahan type where he's really just a middle six to even bottom six player but he wills himself to do things beyond his skill level and he just helps his team he does what's necessary for his team to win and he's a leader and all by all accounts he's a uh, extremely hard worker and that uh, he, yeah I think there's some scouts that are even saying the fact that he missed that time that if he didn't that they thought he would have been a shoe in for at least high up in the early in the second round if not maybe making a push for the first round which I don't see but at the same time he definitely could have been a considered for a second round selection but yeah I guess good bet for the Rangers there and again this league more than or this league, this draft more than any other, just because of uh, the ramifications of COVID that a lot of leagues didn't never got started up and players had to go elsewhere or if at all. And there was limited viewings and more tape and less in person. It's yeah. I mean, you're going to, I guess, better time to gamble on character guys or market inefficiencies. And if you feel he's a player that you're, you're taking a swing on a player who, if he wasn't injured, would have went higher then, yeah, I, I guess I can understand it. Um, none of the players in this range are, like, supremely skilled to the point where it's like, oh, man, uh, how could this guy, you know, the risers and fallers have already kind of distinguished themselves at least into the the beginning parts of the second round. And, yeah, it's wor- a worthy selection for the Rangers. The Rangers picked again at the 75th pick. I believe they flops, uh, flops some, swapped some picks with the Washington Capitals to trade up and move up, and they select Ryder Korzak from the Moose Jaw Warriors, uh, another center, right-handed shot. And unlike Grube, Korzak has excellent puck skills. He's got great vision. He's a pretty nifty playmaker. He almost, a part of his game seems to remind me of Evan Vierling, who the Rangers selected last season. And, yeah, I, I think he's definitely one of those, like you see some skill there and you just even though that the counting stats weren't super impressive, that they've seen enough development in his game that they're hoping that he can round that out. And also the fact that he doesn't shy away from defensive responsibilities and he's gotten better in that area. I think, it, yeah, it gives scouts uh, something to 
to try to prorate and try to project to the NHL level. So, yeah, I mean, again, he's where, you know, even though there was some, there was the belief that Groob could have went a little bit higher had he not missed time. He did miss time. So for a lot of people, he was a bit of a reach. But uh, Korzak has kind of seemed like a good value pick. So, and so, yeah, and who am I to disagree? And I will preface this by saying I know I usually seem to have a lot more <laughs> to say about prospects. And I'll be honest, uh, this season, between the difficulties and just the le- a lot of leagues not playing and uh, harder to get video and, like I said, or find viewings of some of these players, I didn't pay attention as much this season. You know, So that's on me. Usually I, I was definitely all over that last draft or the last two draft classes, especially with the Rangers having the first and second overall picks, but uh, not so much this season, but um, it is what it is. Also, if you're hearing a light whir in the background, that's my AC unit. It is swelteringly humid and hot outside, and I'm going to keep it running. I'm not turning it off just for the sake of audio quality because I'm just not. I don't like sweating, so I'm keeping it on. So I'm sorry if it's annoying, but you're going to have to deal with it because I am not dealing with humidity and sweat, as you heard on our last podcast. So just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, Moving on with the first of three picks in the fourth round, uh, the Rangers selected Brody Lamb, who is a kid who essentially just dummied Minnesota high school hockey. Like he was the best uh, high school player in Minnesota uh, last season. He had a cup of coffee in the USHL and was less than inspiring there. But he is uh, committed to the University of Michigan for next year. And he seems to have uh, pretty excellent skills across the board. But again, when you're playing against high school competition, it's kind of hard to know it like it like it will those skills translate or is he just looks really good against uh, a crop of kids who won't make the nhl right so but again you know there's there's the occasional player tj oshi comes to mind uh players that distinguish themselves there and then move on to become very good players so uh yeah he you watch his highlight reel of playing high school hockey and like i said he's just head and shoulders better than uh his peers, I think he had something like, you know, close to 90 points in like 25 games or something uh, for, uh, you know, his high school. Two picks later at 104, the Rangers draft, uh, and I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Kai uh, Vaisainen. Vaisainen? Eh, boy, uh, forgive me. I've been looking all over pronunciation, can't seem to find it, but uh, big Finnish winger. Uh, who plays for TPS Turku in Finland. So obviously you know that when they were looking at Kako, they may have uh, looked at, I don't, I'm not even sure if he was on the team at the time. You know, he might have been playing for one of their junior-level teams, but uh, either their U20 or their U18, TPS is U20 or U18 team. Jesus, a tongue twister. But yeah, like I said, big winger who skates very well for his size, has some uh, pretty good on-the-puck skills, good passer, good vision, uh, and yeah, I guess again they take a big, <laughs> a big winger who they hope can play big and also yeah ha- actually play hockey. So that's the gamble there. Not too much more to say about that. Uh, I haven't had much viewings of him, so I really have had a hard time making too many I don't know firm judgments about his projectability or what his game, how it might translate. But 
yeah, I just think, like I said, he's a, a big kid who they're hoping has a good enough is actually a good enough hockey player to make it in the NHL. You know, teams love big kids with good puck skills. It just it is what it is. And with their final pick in the fourth round at 112th overall, they take uh, a giant netminder, uh, Talin Boyko, from the Tri-City Americans in the Western Hockey League. The Rangers have really, uh, they've been really comfortable in the Western Hockey League the last couple of seasons. Makes sense, uh, considering some of their uh, scouting moves over the last, like I said, couple of seasons. But uh yeah, I mean, much like Hugo Olis' last draft, uh, which you can remember Rangers fans just kept uh, shortening it to huge old ass. Uh, Rangers are, like every other team, want to take a giant goalie and hope he pans out to be the next uh, Ben Bishop slash Andre Vasilevsky. So uh, I believe Boyko is already like 6'8". So already a huge kid. Uh Numbers aren't very inspiring, but they're like, again, they take a giant goalie and they're like, maybe this one will be the one that pans out. So that's, I haven't watched much of him. That's all I really know about him is that he's 6'8. And uh, yeah, they're hoping he becomes a one of the 6'8 goaltenders that actually makes it to the NHL because then you have a giant goaltender. So yeah, uh, let's, let's hopefully the math checks out. Moving on to the fifth round, the Rangers select yet another large winger with a name that uh, you'll have to forgive me again. I might butcher Yaroslav Melar. I believe it's C-H-M-E-L-A-R. So I think there might be a there or just a silent. But again, I will try to find the pronunciation. I just haven't had much luck. Uh, but anyway, yet another big winger. Uh, notice the trend. Uh, who plays for Jokeritz, uh U20 club, I believe. Um, and yeah, but he, uh, I think he was, he recently played for the Czechs in the U18 and he was good there. Uh, I think he had like, you know, I think he had like 13 points for the tournament, which is not bad. Uh, and, but yeah, again, big winger, (laughs) the Rangers are clearly looking at that. Uh, I, I don't know if this is a total blowback from the Levy Altonens and the Carl Henriksons that the Rangers have been taking type players the Rangers have been taking the last few seasons, but new regime, big, tough, hard to play against. Uh, yeah, so that seems to be on trend for them. They're hoping to hit it big with the bigger wingers, power wingers, and much like most of the league, it's very in vogue these days. So, but there's always a market correction. So who knows? Maybe they'll diversify their portfolio a bit next year, or you know, just they just clearly this is a. A need they feel it's a need for themselves and they're trying to do everything they can to make sure they don't have that uh, need going forward so yeah and finally with their final pick 208th overall uh the rangers selected a defenseman they're the only one they would pick all night uh hank kempf who played for the muskegon lumberjacks in the ushl last season he's a cornell university commit and from what i can gather he was one of the Older players in the draft, but uh, he's yeah. I, I think he's just in line with the type of players that the Rangers are clearly been focusing on between uh, tougher to play against, less offensive uh, flash and flair for more of a you know in your face, heavy, gritty, shut down, stay at home, meat and potatoes kind of game that they're they're really trying to get the most out of. Because I think uh, again, it's what it's. Too much uh, skill and not enough will has kind of been the 
the the rumblings from behind the the curtain the last few seasons you know too much pond hockey and they want more winning no no frills uh, islander-esque might i say in your face hockey uh but obviously it's nice to have a mixture of both so hopefully they remember that but at the same time you know i guess i get it they're hoping to take some players that can if you're it's such a long shot half most of these players won't pan out so if you do take them you know they can uh it's probably more realistic to see that they make it in a bottom six uh, or bottom pairing role but these are the type of players that I guess the scouts believe are projectable, so that's the ones that they're willing to use their take a flyer on. So, yeah, again, not the most overall, maybe not the most inspiring drafts or crops the Rangers have ever selected from, but sometimes those are the ones that can surprise you, right? So there you have it, the Rangers 2021 NHL draft prospect selections. It will be interesting to see how these players distinguish themselves now they've been drafted. Uh, will they eventually be able to, some of them make the jump like a Brody lamb will be going uh, to the university of Michigan. So we can see if it was a worthy gamble to on a kid with supreme skill, but again, playing against weak competition, uh, can he do the same things or be able to translate that against clearly much stiffer competition? Some of the best uh, competition in the country. Will Jaden Grew bounce back from his injury and actually start to put some of the pieces together that scouts thought he would be able to, uh, but he wasn't able to show because he missed most of the last season with an injury? And will Brendan Othman work on his skating and become what uh, I guess the Rangers hopefully he project him to become? Is that a maybe potentially a top six power winger? Uh, and worst case scenario, a bottom six power winger, but who can still play defense and get in on the four check and attend to his assignments on the ice and just, yeah, play in the tough areas of the game because that's what they're clearly looking for from him. And again, he's got a excellent deadly release and a great wrist shot, uh, and it was already on display at the U18s, which was a promising sign. And, and like I said, he seems to be really working on his skating. So, yeah, if he can turn what was maybe seen as an inefficiency in his game into a strength, look out, he can really pop. So, yeah, again, I think as with the litany of first-round picks the Rangers have had while they've been conducting this rebuild, it, this was a little bit different uh, draft for them. But that's good. That's You have to prove your worth in these drafts where you're not selecting high all the time or don't have a litany of first and second round flyers. So they're going to have to be shrewd going forward, especially if you think they're going to start trading away first round picks to get them immediate help to make the postseason and, and compete for the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, they're, they're, the scouts are going to have to earn their money uh, probably now more than ever because you're not going to have so, so many slam dunk picks like Kako and... Lafreniere, you know, it's not as many obvious ones. That'll probably about do it for this week. Uh, I look forward to James, my co-host, joining me. So it's not just me rambling in an echo chamber for 30 some odd minutes. But yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you get something out of this podcast. Again, they're definitely far more knowledgeable prospect watchers and analysts out there, whether on social media and Twitter Check out uh, Scouching if you ever get the chance. He's a great 
follow, does excellent content. I subscribe to his Patreon, and it's great. If you're really into hockey prospects, he's a must a must follow and a must subscribe. If I do say so myself, it will be interesting to see if anything happens within the next week with the Rangers. Now that they have Igor locked up, it seems like most of their ducks are in a row. But you do get the sense that Chris Drury has his uh, his phone is always on and he's always talking and. You have to assume he has targeted some centers he that may or may not be Jack Eichel, but also may be other players that the public doesn't even know about. So, yeah, we'll see what happens on that front. Hopefully, I the second I stop recording this, the Rangers do something crazy, and then i got to try to backtrack and add stuff. That would be annoying. Uh, but, yeah, but thank you for listening. Uh, well, as always, you can, if you want a question addressed on the podcast, just tweet us at Pod, and we will answer it here and... Look forward to get our episode that drops Monday to have my co-host James back. And yeah, again, Chris Dury, just wait until we record this weekend to if you're going to do anything. That's all I ask. So please, just just I know I know you have moves you want to make, you have a vision you want to execute. Just but just wait, please, just just wait. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.